0: hello and welcome to the we could be euros podcast brought to you by jpi media england have beaten ukraine in rome 4-0 today i am joined by joe Cran of the sheffield star graham folk of the scotsman and making his debut on the podcast today is gaffer the boss ross gregory sports editor for national world so we'll start with ross since he's uh, making his debut on the podcast today uh, a quite incredible evening in Rome, what did you make of uh, Southgate's men? It was all too
1: comfortable, wasn't it? It was it was rather un- unnervingly comfortable, I think I think us as, as England followers, England fans, and also and I, I know the lads on this call, all the all the, the local teams, all the the football teams that you s- support amongst your your lot. It's it's never normally that easy. It's it we're always going down to the wire. It's always it's always nervy in the last five, ten minutes. So to be
0: 4-0 up with an hour played and, and cruising was uh, was remarkable. And Joe a, a sort of um an iconic moment really for England over over the years. It doesn't really get much better and as Ross said it was uh it wasn't nervy, it was quite comfortable and it was quite enjoyable for England fans which is something they're not really used to at major tournaments.
2: Yeah, no it's it's nice that and it was similar not not obviously not to the same level but you know to go into that last sort of 5 minutes against Germany 2-0 up it was a similar sort of feeling. It's like following Sheffield Wednesday, that doesn't happen. Like we, we never get to enjoy the last five, 10 minutes of anything. Um, but yeah, from an England perspective, it was just, they, they had a little bit of a, a wobble, didn't they? In the, in the first half and you thought, are they going to England this one up? And there's a couple of mistakes. I think Kyle Walker was guilty of a couple, but I think half time came at the right time for him. And after that, it was just, it was cruise control and, there was, so, there was so much nice in it. You know, You Gareth Southgate's done this incredible job of sort of banishing these demons, you know. He banished the sort of penalty curse and then there was the Germany thing. And now to get to a quarter final and to win it so comfortably, Harry Kane getting a couple after the start of the tournament, he had another assist for Raheem Sterling, you know, getting all the players off who were on bookings and no one suspended for the, like, it just, it really, I don't think it's too much of an exaggeration to say it couldn't have gone any better, really.
0: And Graham Gower-Southgate seems to be managing this tournament very well, as Joe alluded to there.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've, I know there's been a few vocal critics and I would say I've maybe once or twice questioned his team, but I don't think I've ever questioned him, I think. He just seems like the ideal England manager. Um, obviously, his time at Middlesbrough was not that successful. No one really... Was that enamoured by him when he first took over? But I think it's probably just helped by the fact that he's he's got that experience of being with England at a major tournament. He understands the pressures of a modern player, and it seems that the players just really respond and react to him. Um, and I mean, the results on the on the park are, are really testament to, to how well he's managing, not just the way we play, but I think the way we we hold ourselves. Um, but again. I don't want to be sitting on this podcast in a week's time talking about another semi-final defeat, nothing's won as yet. So I'll reserve my complete praise for him. Um, but in terms of the the Ukraine game, yeah, I think Joe touched on it. I don't think that could have gone any better. Normally I, I can only get through about two drinks during the game because I'm too nervous to drink anything. And I got through about six or seven for about the third time this tournament. So yeah, I'm a pretty happy man, mate, if I am a little bit hungover still.
0: And Ross Southgate sort of his faith in, in Harry Kane, backing him through a, a a miniature dry spell, is paid dividends.
1: Yeah, he's 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 faith in everybody really, though, isn't it? it? It's it's you know he's had faith in Kane, he's had faith in Raheem Sterling, he's had the faith to bring Harry Maguire back in after six seven weeks out. He's had he's had the faith in Kyle Walker when people have called for him to be dropped. Same with Jordan Pickford. It's I mean, I suppose for, for any manager there's a there's a there's a fine line between sticking with your your trusted players and, and showing that loyalty and, and that faith and, and then also, you know, not having your favorites and, and picking on form. But we all knew Harry Kane's, you know, Harry Kane's probably for me the, the one player in that England team that you can say is truly world class. I don't think there's many others in there. And I'm not. I, I don't think I'm being too disparaging of, of the rest of the players. I think there's some very, very good players in there, but there's not another one in there for me. Sterling, maybe's, and and then you've got your your Sancho's and your Bellings and Foden's, who probably will be in a few years' time. But at this minute in time, Kane is the the, the true one-class player, one world-class player in that squad for me. You you had to keep faith with him. Southgate's not daft. He was always going to come good once he got the bit of bit of the service, once the games opened up a little bit more, and he's you know he's repaired he's repaired him first goal great finish you know just a a toe poke second one right place right time great cross from short another great header he's leading the line well he's looking sharp he's bringing in in other players as well so um he was always going to come good and and i'm i'm delighted that southgate's now starting to get a a little bit of the, the credit that i felt he deserved earlier on in the tournament
0: yeah i mean the average age of this England squad Joe is only twenty-five years old. Kyle Walker's the oldest player at 31, it's it's a really exciting time, isn't
2: it? Yeah, because they got a, you know, two, three, some of them probably four tournaments left in them, maybe. It's uh it feels like for for so long England had this golden generation that people spoke about and they didn't get anywhere near what, what this lot have done already. Um and it just feels like there's even that even if this tournament doesn't go as we want it to because um, there's a, a high chance that even if you get past Denmark, you know, it's it's not a foregone conclusion that England win it, not by any stretch. Um, but it feels like the beginning of something. And I think that's what's really exciting about this group of England players is that um, there are only a handful of them who don't have at least one or two tournaments left in them. Um, and, and that is, you know, whether it's Gareth Southgate taking them forward or not, I think it's just a very exciting time to be an England fan. And you add to that, not just their ability on the field, but what they stand for and the way they carry themselves and the way that they interact with each other even, you know, you see the videos of the this group of lads talking to each other and they just, they just seem like a group of mates really. And that that's brilliant. You know, we've always heard stories in the past, you know, John Terry and, Lampard and ferdinand have all spoken about the sort of clicks and the the, the breakup within the the England setup—and it just doesn't seem to be any anything like that now. You know, you look at the there was a, some great footage. I think at when um, there was about th- when they were bringing three substitutes on, and England scored, and just like everyone just looks really happy for everybody else. And you know, that's what a team should be like. They that you should sort of leave your club hang-ups and your rivalries at the door when you walk through sort of walk through there at St George's Park and Gareth Southgate seems to have managed to get this group of players to do that. And I think that is as big as anything else that he's achieved because he's, he's brought this team together. And by doing that, he's brought the nation together as well.
0: Yeah. There were some nice scenes between uh, Jack Grealish and, and the coach, Chris Powell and, and Harry Maguire sort of um, talking about the importance of him and the backroom staff. So it it feels like Gareth Southgate's done really well to, to manage this group of players in terms of, you know, letting young, talented, getting young, talented, young footballers to uh, leave the eagles at the door. We'll move on to the, the Denmark game. Graham. England have just uh, have won just one of the last six competitive meetings with Denmark. That victory came in the 2002 World Cup. They got past the Czechs 2-1 um, in the quarterfinals, survived a late scare. If you and Gareth Southgate, how do you manage this game?
3: Same ways he's managed the other ones, I think. Um, I've got full faith in them in a sense, but I think when you're looking at Denmark as a team, similar to Ukraine, they're a lot better side. I think we are better in terms of individuals and as a team, but Denmark are obviously playing for someone, um, being Christian Eriksen, and you can see they've got a real drive to go as far as they possibly can. So you come up against a team that's playing well, scoring goals, passionate, have a reason to progress further in the tournament. And pretty much I think we'd all probably agree if they weren't playing in England, you'd probably want Denmark to go on and win the tournament, truth be told. And, and and that's completely understandable. So it's a different test in that sense. Um, but I think Southgate, with the, the rest of the games that he's played, seems to have this faith that we are the best team in this tournament. He has full trust in his players. Yes, he changed his formation against uh, Germany, but People kind of went, Oh, is he worried about Germany? But I think the opposite. I think you have like full trust in those players, like player to player against Germany, that we would be, we would be better. Basically, we we would man to man be a better side and come out as the better team. Um, so I think he just did with what he did before. I think play the team he thinks gonna win the game, because I think whoever you put on that park should, in theory, no matter what Denmark thought us, be, be a better side. Um, yes, they beat us at Wembley not too long ago. But when they beat us at Wembley, I think we had—I know it was nine men, but obviously Rhys James got sent off after the final whistle, also ten men. Um, and that was with Christian Eriksen, which you know, say what you want, Christian Eriksen, still their best player, um, far and wide, still missing a player that could—he's their sort of Ronaldo in the way that you know our—we've got players that can sort of change the game. He—he he can do that as well, and, and they are still missing him. So they're playing more as a team, but I think. Our 11 men against their 11 men, I think he's just got to say, look, we're the better team. Keep on doing what you've been doing. Don't play the occasion, play the game. Um, And if things don't go right, hey, look at the bench. Um, Assuming he keeps the same side, Saka, Foden, Grealish. um, That's not a bad set of players to bring on if things don't quite go right for the first time in the tournament.
0: How do you rate England's chances, Ross? As Graham alluded to, Denmark do have the weight of narrative behind them. And of course, the last time we got to a a Euro semi-final, they actually ended up winning the thing. It's going to be a tough test, but, you know,
1: if you'd said at the start of the tournament, you would be Denmark in the semi-final in front of 60,000 fans at Wembley, you would have absolutely bitten bitten anybody's hand off for that. So England are going to be strong favorites. I think, I think one of the, one of the things that, that Southgate and the team are going to have to get used to now is that extra weight of expectation. You know, the football is coming home, all that sort of stuff. The, you know, going to going to Rome and, and beating Ukraine is one thing. Germany, that was a that was a there was obviously a lot of pressure and a lot of focus on that game, but it was a different type of expectation. Nobody, not everybody expected England to, to win, I would say. Whereas now everybody expects England to win. The viewing figures, the, the, the amount of people in the stadium, the whole pressure is being ramped up and ramped up. And you've got to be able to cope with that. Now I think. I think there's enough players in that team now with with good experience of big games to be able to cope with that, you know, whether it's your your Keynes or your Sterlings or your Maguire's or your you know Jordan Henderson coming in or your Kyle Walker's played in a lot of big games, Champions League finals, um, you know, World Cup semi-final, that'll have done them the world of good three years ago. So fully expecting them to win. Our, and and I, I, I expect it to be relatively comfortable as well, but there is that just that that nagging nagging doubt in the back of your mind as a as an England fan to think, well, can as Joe said earlier, will they will they will they England it up at some point?
0: And and Joe, I mean, Southgate has great options as well for the Denmark game if things are, aren't going right. I mean, Jack Grealish and Phil Sorden, two players that weren't brought on against the Ukraine. Dominic carvert Lewin came on. He's a potential goal scorer. Marcus Rashford, Jordan Henderson coming on um to get a goal as well there's a a real we've talked about it a lot on this podcast but there's a real strength of in depth that is something Denmark possibly don't have
2: no definitely and I think one of the the things that that Gareth Southgate is so good at is making sure that everybody in that squad feels part of it I mean you probably saw the interview straight after that game against Ukraine one of his big things was like this is about the squad you know he, he spoke a lot about you know, your Aaron Ramsdales and the three that don't get into the sides, you know, don't get into the match day squad. And he's just, he he's playing his hand so well in terms of, he, he doesn't know when he's going to need to call on these people. You know, he doesn't know whether you're not, you might not be in any other sides leading up to the, the semis and then something happens and all of a sudden you just got to get thrown in for whatever reason. And he's been so good at, like say, managing this squad. Um, his man management skills have just been exemplary I can't we really can't praise him enough for that with with the last game I thought Sancho was brilliant I thought Sancho was really good last game um but I I said when when Saka started uh against Czech Republic I was like I can't believe he started him like I how's he how's he put him in and then he had a great game as well it's um I I would be tempted to go Sancho I think he's the best one-on-one play we got in the side I don't think there's a better a better sort of one-on-one dribbler um, you got to play Raheem Sterling because he's been superb, um, and obviously Harry Kane's a shoe in as well. So it is that that one position. Um, I, I like I say I'm a I'm a believer in sort of rewarding when things are going well. I know Saka was left out because of injury in the last game, but I, th- I think I'd probably go Sancho again. But the, the the lovely thing about this England side is he could genuinely play any of them, and I'd be like, that's fine. Like I I don't have a preference to the point where I like favour anybody over anybody else anymore. And I think that again is a is a testament to this group of players because I just want to, you know, I I am now at a point where you know you were saying earlier about people giving them a bit of credit. I'm almost just like Gareth, do what you want, mate. Like I, what, whatever you choose to be the best formation now, you clearly know better than all of us, so go for it. Um, but yeah, they've got going back to what James was saying. They've got some real strength in depth, which is something Denmark don't have, and it just feels like wherever England need to strengthen. They've got the ability to do that. So if they do find themselves chasing for whatever reason, um, they've certainly got options on the bench that can that can literally change a game in an instant, and that's a a really really nice place to be in.
0: Just on team selection, Ross. Looking at the midfield, two Rice and Phillips have, have been very good for England. But given this is a, a semi-final, would you be tempted to put Jordan Henderson in there from the start, given his experience in big games, captain in Liverpool the the Champions League and the and the Premier League the European Super Cup Club World Championship all of that experience could that be an option as well? It, it could be an option but who are you leaving out? Who are you leaving out?
1: You're not, you yeah, cannot leave Declan Rice out you cannot leave you cannot leave Phillips out the only one that you could potentially probably leave out is Mason Mount and then but then you're going very you're, you're very defensive with that midfield three if you've got all three in there look I'm a massive Henderson fan really really huge Henderson fan I think he's I think he's a he's a he's a leader I think he's a he's a a very, very underrated footballer still, even despite what he's done. I think again he's he's someone who's probably getting a little bit more of the, the, the true recognition that he should have had earlier in his career now. But who do you leave out? Calvin Phillips has been I'd say Calvin Phillips is is, is challenging Raheem Sterling as is, is England's player of the tournament. You can't leave him out. You can't leave Rice out. Oh right Rice has been outstanding this season. Absolutely outstanding this season. You know I know I know a lot of Newcastle fans and it and it 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 um it chuckles me when when you think back to when there was this big argument over whether it was Declan Rice or Sean Longstaff who was going to be the the future of England's midfield and um and I like Sean Long Longstaff he's a, he's a again a very good player but Declan Rice is just on a completely different level at the minute and you know I'd, you, I'd love to get Henderson in somehow but you, you, you for the balance of the team you've got to stick with with Rice and Phillips the way that they've combined it's just been outstanding there is um,
0: another semi final ongoing tonight, Italy versus Spain. Graeme, how do you see that game? And I, and I suppose maybe looking ahead, I don't know if you want to look ahead or uh, whether you want to jinx it or not, but who would you prefer in the final if England were to get there?
3: Well, I'm going to go with a Stephen Gerrard mantra of one game at a time. Um, it seems to work for yeah, look, to look, what hap-
0: look what happened to him in the end,
3: though. Oh, well, in terms of uh, the range, I'm thinking more with my Rangers head here. Um, but I, I, I want to get past Denmark first, obviously. Um I'm extra nervous because somehow I managed to nab a ticket, and that makes me extra nervous, not extra excited. Which is, I don't know, it's the right way around. Did you, Did you get your um, money back
0: off the um, off the scam? You got scammed.
3: I didn't did, you? I did, I did. I got my <laughs> money back and uh, managed to, to, to the, enjoy To the tune the game. of to the
0: tune of how much? Five hundred
3: and fifty quid.
0: Dear me, dear me. Anyway, predictions. Go on, then we'll we'll force oh, the predictions. on, you. Pal, eh? yeah, um, no. D- Denmark, England. What do you think will happen? Score prediction.
3: Oh, 1-0 England, Raheem Sterling. Um, in terms of Italy, Denmark, uh, sorry, Italy, Spain, it's easy to look from a perspective when you're not involved with them, either, either of them directly. I think outside of England, the team of the tournament's been Italy. Um, solely for the way they're sing their national anthem, they deserve to be in a final. Um, and I think Spain have been largely unimpressive and have kind of stumbled their way into a semi-final. For me, I'd rather play Spain for that reason. I think, in truth, if you're neutral, or even if you're in England, find The way we're playing at the minute, if we do get the final, you've got a chance against anyone. But I think Italy, based on what they've done so far, unless they have a horrific performance um, this evening, are far and wide the, the the best, the second best team throughout this tournament. Um, and I can't see Spain getting anywhere near them. It's
0: interesting, isn't it? Because Portugal sort of stumbled into the into the last Euro final and, and ended up winning it. Joe, your, your predictions for the for the two semi-finals. I'm going
2: 2-0 England against Denmark and I think I think Italy'll quite comfortably see off Spain. Um I would prefer to play Spain. I'm with Graham. Like I think I, I'm not sure if I if I'm talking purely from a you know, taking the emotion out of it a little bit as well. I I think I think Italy could beat England. I don't think Spain would. Um, and I think that's kind of where my head's at the, at the minute. So um it, it would be nice from a, you know, I suppose from a, literally from, a, if you took it from a neutral perspective, if it was Italy and England in the final, because they've been the best two teams of the tournament. And it's not often you get that, you know, it's not often you find the two best teams at a tournament actually playing each other in the in the last two. So that'd be, that'd be a nice sort of turn up that. But I, I think England have got enough to, to beat either Spain or Italy. I just think that they've got a better chance of beating Spain. And um, yeah, it'd be interesting to know um, the future, really, you know, with with the Spain side, because they have, as Graham says, they've been really underwhelming. You know, there was the Slovakia game when they absolutely tore them a new one. But other than that, they've they have just kind of stumbled the way through. And um, I just think that they are, it sounds, sounds a bit daft to say it for a team that scored five against the team, but they're a little bit blunt, aren't they? And, uh, and I just think that the way England
3: is set up defensively, I just think they could, I think they could deal with them. Look at that Slovakia game as well, though, and I think De Bravka, like really helped them in that situation. I know they scored five against Croatia, but they had to concede three to get there, so they were like very, very open. I think the Slovakia game, I watched that, and I, I mean, I'm obviously a Sumlin fan, so I'm not Martin Debravka's biggest fan, naturally, but obviously he is a very good goalkeeper, um, and has shown so in the Premier League, but he had a stinker that day, and I think if it wasn't for him having an absolute stinker, would Spain have even got through?
2: Yeah, because with with that with that sort of the, the own goal that kind of opened up the
3: floodgates, didn't it? And without that, they might have held on for a for a draw in that game. There was two mistakes. I think the first two wasn't, there? and I think yeah. you see we've seen it so often. Teams just like basically like lose all their confidence, and I think yes, the vacuum imploded. That, like, absolutely, absolutely imploded that game. Yeah, completely.
0: Ross, what are your predictions for the the two semi-finals?
1: um i think I, I agree with the lads italy against uh, spain i think it'll be too strong but i'll be honest i'm not really bothered either way i couldn't give a monkeys as long as england get through to the final that's all i'm all i'm interested in um and i think they'll they'll be comfortable i'm, I'm going for i'm going for a three-nil win for england um in cruise control in the last last 10 15 minutes probably come back to bite us massively on the backside that statement but where uh, we can we can live in hope and just on the, um, you know, Graham mentioned that he's a, he's obviously a big Sunderland fan. I'd just like to put um, a, a, a kind of thanks to the Daily Telegraph, I think, for for their the part they played in in Sam Allardyce's downfall as, as England manager. <laughs> England would be anywhere near the team and the situation and the place they're in in international football if Allardyce would still being in charge of this team. So I think we all have a lot to thank for undercover reporters. Uh, big jokes and, of, and pints of wine and, uh, and the Daily Telegraph need a pat on the
0: back. That's my final thoughts on the panel. We Can Be Euros is bringing you a light-hearted look at all of the action across this summer's tournament. This series is produced by JPI Media and this episode was hosted by me, James Copley, football writer for the Sunday Echo. This episode featured Joe Cran of the Sheffield Star alongside Graham Falk of the Scotsman. And Ross Gregory, who is sports editor for nationalworld.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast platforms now. The show was produced by Mark Wilson. Music is provided by Gentleman Jackals. Check them out on Spotify now. Head over to nationalworld.com for your latest Euros news and analysis. And follow us on Twitter at NationalWorld and on Facebook at Nationalworld UK. England have beaten Ukraine in Rome, 4-0. Two goals from Harry Kane, a goal from Chris Maguire and a maiden England goal for Jordan Henderson. We'll start with Ross. I'll, just,
1: I'll just say, James, uh, yeah. Chris Maguire plays for Scotland. Harry Maguire plays
0: for England, mind. Did I say Chris Maguire? <laughs> yeah, did. I've got, I've got Maguire on the brain today with Maguire's, um, Maguire's classy message last night.
3: <laughs> I noticed that and I thought, I'm just going to let him leave it.
0: <laughs>
1: no, no, I am the gaffer. I'm not letting nothing go. Can you can you edit that, Mark or not?